0: We had an awesome Christmas. Uh, I do know that, like, we, we worshiped a little bit longer than normal this morning, and uh, I, I, I think I, I got some points in my message here that I think are really important to bring out because the word that Lisa and I have for our church, and you know, our church here, FCG, we've been saying this for eight years home, local, global, the hope of Jesus in our families, in our city, in our world, and that's intentional in the order. It has to start in our families. We can't just walk around offering people something we don't have. If you've ever flown on an airplane, they always talk about in in case of emergency, if the oxygen masks come down, make sure you put your oxygen mask on first before you help others. You can't help others. You can't offer as much help if you yourself aren't getting what you need. So what some people would maybe call selfish, look at that person helping themselves. It's because I want to be able to help everybody else around right so if we are not experiencing the hope of Jesus in our homes within our well within our own heart if we want to get even more close to home and then in our homes what do we have to go offer people in our city what do we have to go offer people in in, in our workplace what do we have to offer the world if we ourselves aren't experiencing that so the word that Lisa and I have for for you, for our church, yes, but for your family, for you as an individual, for 2024 is joy. It's been so apparent to me for the past three or four months that that is going to be the word for the year for FCG. We could talk about uh, Christians, uh, believers being given the greatest gift anybody has ever been given, salvation. We, we get to be with Jesus forever. We don't have to fear hell. We don't have to fear death. That alone should, offer, should, should be the greatest joy for us. That right there is enough to keep us happy and joyful no matter what this world throws at us. Right? If you know that the end is going to be awesome no matter what, then why do we sometimes get so wrapped up in present circumstances? And there's going to be a time in a million years from now, you're still going to be alive. And these present circumstances, the present darkness that you're experiencing, the present things that are going on around you, will be just a memory, a small drop in the bucket of eternity. That alone. Is enough to keep you joyful. That alone is enough to look at your life and say, "Why do I give in to so much depression? Why do I give in to so much uh, to so much uh, negativity? Why do I give in to anything that's stealing my joy? I got nothing but to be joyful about." Beyond that, as a believer, when we dive into the Word. Oh, my God, that's a cute little sweater. <laughs> oh, little waffle sweater on the front row. Oh, my gosh, there's so many babies here, guys. There's, I mean, we have so many babies. That's awesome. That's enough to be joyful right there, right? Oh, man. Back on track here. And when we dive into the word as a believer, one of the things that we'll learn if we're paying attention is that joy is not just something that arrives when the circumstances are good. We just celebrated Christmas. Joy is something that arrived on earth in the form of a person 2,000 years ago. Jesus carried within himself the kingdom of God, righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. And now as his spirit becomes a part of our life when we receive salvation, the fruit of that spirit, Galatians 5.22, is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperament. Against such there is no law. Joy is something that the spirit on the inside of you will produce. Just like a seed produces a crop, right? A seed produces a crop. You put it in the ground. If you plant an apple seed, you aren't going to get oranges. I say say this a lot. I think I've said it a lot this year, but you don't have to tell me What seeds you planted in your garden. I can walk around your garden. I can see what you planted. If you have apples, then you're not going to be able to convince me you planted oranges and apples came up. No, you planted apples. Just like a seed produces fruit, the spirit on the inside of you produces fruit. One of those things that is produced is joy. So the question is, if you're a believer, how do you, how do you, Give that seed what it needs and then experience the fruit that comes from that seed, right? How do I experience the fruit that comes from that? Joy is one of those things. And and it's an important thing. Nehemiah 8.10, I just spoke about this. It says, the joy of the Lord is our strength. If you're weary, if you're getting tired, if you're getting uh, burned out, whatever phrase you want to put with it, chances are you're not operating in joy. And that's not anybody else's fault. That's not, that's not the Lord's fault. That's not uh, a boss's fault. That's not a husband or a wife's fault. It's not anybody's fault. That's yours because you are the owner of that spirit that produces joy. And you are the one that gets to choose to operate in it no matter what. Like my friend Dave, no matter what, you take my feet, I'm still going to be joyful. You take my legs, I'm still going to be joyful. Man, and, and he rode that joy all the way through a victory. You carry joy, but the thing about joy is it will also carry you, right? It becomes the strength that carries you. The Greek word for joy from Galatians 5.22 is the word chara, and I love its defin- definition. Cheerfulness, right? Would you describe yourself as cheerful? I mean, like, that, that's part of what you carry, but this is my favorite one, calm delight. How would you like to be carried through 2024 with calm delight, no matter what comes your way. There's a big thing coming our way in 2024. It's called an election. And I saw the election steal a whole lot of people's joy four years ago. Are you going to be able to walk through even an election year with calm delight? as there's political turmoil and people on live TV bashing each other and and being angry at each other and and maybe your neighbor gets mad at you because you got got one sign in your yard and they got something else in theirs and and there's all kinds of anger and all kinds of unrest in the world and in our country, how would you like to know I can walk through all of that with calm delight? Well, you can. You can walk through every bit of it with calm delight, with a joy. Because yes, we are in this world. We are of this world. We need to take part in all of these things. We need a vote. We need to be a a part of politics. We need to be aware and to be a part. We also have to be aware that we are a part of a greater, more everlasting kingdom than anything ever built on this world and on this earth. We're a part of a kingdom that is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost, no matter what. No matter who's in office, no matter what's going on in the year, no matter what the gas prices are, no matter what the economy is doing, no matter what, righteousness, peace, and again, joy in the Holy Ghost. One third, Jesus was teaching about the kingdom of God and joy is so important that he said one third, 33 ish percent of what I've built my kingdom from is joy. Man, some of you are sitting here and you're thinking, well, I haven't really felt joy since a year and a half ago. I haven't experienced joy since, I'll just throw out some scenarios, since the divorce. I haven't felt joy since I got laid off. I haven't felt joy since I lost all my money. I haven't felt joy since I closed the business down. I haven't felt joy since my kid ran away. I haven't felt joy since that relationship got broken apart. I haven't experienced joy since I got hurt or my, my, whatever at this, at this church or at this job or in this relationship. I haven't experienced joy since then. You can. You have the option to experience and ignite joy in your life no matter what comes your way. It's a fruit of the Spirit. The Spirit doesn't go anywhere. The Spirit is inside of you no matter what, on your best day, on your worst day. Well, I, I like mnemonic devices a whole lot. Like everything I learned in school was through a mnemonic device, right? A word association. That's just how my brain works, right? I, I, I think even like the Spanish that I know—it's so ridiculous. Like uh, the word saber means to to know something, right? And uh, I I've memorized that because Sa- Sabertooth in in X-Men comic books knows Wolverine's real identity. So saber means to. Uh, remember, to know, to know something. It goes back to X-Men. That's how I learned everything in life, right? You will also remember that now. So I put together a little mnemonic device, three ways that we can give that seed in our hearts, that seed of joy what it needs to begin to grow you give a seed what it needs you give it water you make sure it's in the right environment you make sure it's the proper season you give the seed what it needs and it will grow here's the thing about seeds and harvest for the believer psalm chapter 1 verse 3 says that when you delight in the law of the lord when you don't stand around with mockers and sinners you are like a tree planted by the water bearing fruit every season And in all you do, you prosper. There's not just one season of joy for the believer. If you've ever been caught saying this phrase, I'm just in a season right now. It's not filled with joy. You're not living what the word says because you bear fruit every season or you're able to as a believer. So there's not a season in your life where you are not supposed to be encountering and experiencing joy as a believer. It can carry you through winter, spring, summer, fall. It can carry you through whatever the season is. You can have that produced in your life. So here's a little device. Three things. They all start with R. Are there more than three things that can ignite joy that you can give joy in your life and see it produced? Yeah, there are. But today we got three. They all start with R. The first one is remember the good news. Remember the good news. The word gospel, the best translation we have for the word gospel in English is our phrase, too good to be true, right? We call it the good news, but the gospel is such good news that you got to have help from the Holy Spirit to believe it. It's so good. You can't even believe it on your own in your flesh because it's just so good. You are loved no matter what on your best and your worst day joy, peace is available to you at all time. Every promise of God in your life can be uh, can be responded to with an yes and an amen from you. We've been talking about the story of Jesus through Advent. We got one more week here where we're throwing the Advent graphic up there because when Jesus arrived on earth in Luke chapter 2, the angel said, peace on earth, goodwill towards men. He talked about, uh, let's just read it here. We've already read it a few times, but that night there were shepherds staying in the fields nearby, guarding the flocks of sheep. Suddenly an angel of the Lord appeared among them and the radiance of the Lord's glory surrounded them. They were terrified, but the angel reassured them, don't be afraid, he said, this is the part. I bring you good news that will bring great joy to all people. The gospel is good news and you can remember it at any time no matter what is going on around you remembrance is the most uh it's one of the most important things if you read through the old testament this year in your uh, daily readings with the word then you read hundreds of times the lord telling his people remember what i did here they didn't have uh, as many resources available to them as we do like little notepads and pins and digital devices so what did he tell them to do build an altar Build an altar so that every time you pass this area, you will remember what I did for you here. Matthew 28, verses 18 through 20. Jesus came and told his disciples, I've been given all authority in heaven and on earth. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. Teach these new disciples to obey all the commands I've given you. And be sure of this I'm with you always, even to the end of the age. Jesus, who carries an all authority that we lost in the garden. That's what. That's where the devil got his authority. It belonged to Adam and Eve, and they gave it up. They gave it to him. Jesus came, took that authority back, and gave it to us. That's part of the gospel. When something is coming your way, when you're faced with a financial decision, when you're faced with illness, when you're faced with uh, re- relational issues, when you're faced with layoffs, when you're faced with something anything this world throws at you. Take a second. And even before it happens, take a minute. Remember the gospel. Remember that you have the authority, the one that has all authority is inside of you and you have that over every situation. Matthew 18, 18, Jesus talked about just how much and how real the authority that you carry is. He says, I tell you the truth, whatever you forbid on earth will be forbidden in heaven. Whatever you permit on earth Will be permitted in heaven. In other words, not even heaven is going to come against the things that you're saying and declaring with your authority. Man, Jesus is saying, it's not up to me anymore. It's up to you now. You carry the authority. Man, everything the Lord does on the earth at this point in time, He does through a person. He does through a person who stands up on the word of God and makes a stand and says, no more to the enemy. There's a lot of us that are sitting around praying in our life, Lord, take care of this. And he's saying, do it. I've given you the power and the authority. Take care of it. Lord, take care of this financial situation. And he's saying, go for it. I've given you the power to get wealth. That's the gospel. Lord, take care of this sickness. And he's saying, stand against it. You're healed by my stripes. Make a stand. Come against it. He already did his part. Now it's up to us to remember the gospel and to stand on that truth and say, no more. When we're faced with those things in our lives. And I'm not going to put up with it anymore in 2024. And I'm not going to sit around and say, Lord, you've got to take care of this. He's saying, I already did. That's the gospel. The gospel is that he did it and now you carry it. He did it and you carry it. It's like you got the money to pay. You know, like, pay for this. You just got to go to the account, make a withdrawal go make a withdrawal. Remembering the gospel activates that joy. It's like water to that seed of joy in your spirit. That's the first art. The second one is rejoice and release. You got to give it away. Philippians 4, verse 4 through 5 is one of my, Lisa's favorites. Always be full of joy in the Lord. I say it again, rejoice. Let everyone see that you're considerate. And all you do remember, the Lord is coming soon. Merriam-Webster Dictionary, definition of rejoice is to give joy away. To give joy away, rejoicing, right? To give it away. So who can you give joy to? Number one, you can give joy to God. We do it through worship. We do it through praise. Revelation 4.11 says that God gets pleasure from us. So when we worship, when we praise, we are giving joy back to God. And what does he do in response? Zephaniah 317, I read it earlier from the Amplified Bible is what we're putting up. It says, the Lord your God is in your midst, a warrior who saves. He will rejoice over you with joy. He will be quiet in his love, meaning making no mention of your past sins. He will rejoice over you with shouts of joy. We could stay in that block of scripture for so long. There's so much there. He rejoices over us with joy. Within that word is, is the idea of him singing, the idea of him dancing and spinning. And he will be quiet in his love, meaning we don't have to be afraid when God shows up, that he's showing up to condemn us, to wag his finger at us, to say, you messed up again. I'm going to punish you. No, he's showing up, making no mention of our past sins and he's rejoicing over us. So it's a cycle. We give joy to the Lord, he begins to rejoice over us with singing, and it's like this cycle of joy that just doesn't have to stop. When we give joy to the Lord, It activates it within our own life. So through worship, through praise, when we give joy to others, how do you give joy to somebody else? Man, tell somebody when they forget who they are in Christ, who they are in Christ, be an encourager, be a peacemaker, choose kindness, choose patience, operate in love. That is how you can give joy to other people. When you see somebody who's not acting on who they are in Christ, instead of calling them out and telling them they're dirt, calling them out and tell them who they really are. This isn't you. I've seen you making these mistakes. I've seen these posts on Facebook. This isn't you, right? It's okay to reach out to people. Don't ignore it. People don't like to be ignored. People want to know they're seen and they're heard. That's why there's so many tantrums on Facebook. People want to know they're seen. They're getting attention. Well, let them know they're seen. Hey, I've seen your post. Let me tell you, that's not who you are. You're not a complainer. You're not a negative person. No, you are a child of God. You got nothing in your life except for things to celebrate when it comes to Jesus. Tell people who they are. Be an encourager. Rejoice. Give it away. Give that joy to God and to others. Rejoicing and releasing that joy activates the joy in your life. That's the first two you got. Remember, you got release. And number three, this is a good one took some time for me to get an R out of this. I knew what I wanted to say. Flipped it around and got this. Recognize growth in your life. It's okay to recognize growth. You know, I, I heard someone say this years ago. Your kids know you love them. Don't tell them you love them all the time. Tell them you're proud of them too. I started telling my kids, I'm proud of you. When you did this, I'm proud of you. And then one day, uh, Judah had an exceptionally good uh, athletic showing. And I said, man, I'm proud of you, Judah. And I think I'd said it so much, he got a little numb to it. And I said, you know what, bud? You should be proud of yourself today. Like you put the work in and it showed. Be proud of yourself. And I saw his shoulders went back a little bit. And he like, he he was, that meant something to him. He understood what I was saying. Recognize growth in your own life. It's easy to recognize our shortcomings. You see them. I see them every time I look in the mirror. I recognize the person in the mirror less and less every week of my life, right? Uh, I see shortcomings in the mirror. I see shortcomings when I'm taking assessment. New Year's Eve today, probably a lot of us thinking about resolutions. Mine is gonna be to do nothing. My resolution is gonna be to not try to grow in any area, not try to do better at this, not try to lose weight, not try to do anything and just like not get unhealthy. But I know that like every year I'm saying goodbye to those resolutions way too fast. So my resolution is going to be just to do everything the exact same and see if that works this year. You think I'm joking, but I'm going to stand up at midnight and say I resolve to do nothing differently. I'm going to just be me and enjoy it all year long. Yeah, 20 extra pounds in all. My wife is on the front row saying no. She can't control me, no, 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 no. no. I'm kind of joking, I'm kind of not joking. But here is, is why I'm serious. No, I'm not joking, no. Uh, here's why I'm being serious though. Recognize growth in your life. Your flesh will recognize every shortcoming. Your flesh will recognize every failure. Your flesh will recognize every time you take a step back. We used to tell this to the youth group when we were youth leaders when we were encouraging them to read their Bibles every day, which I still encourage all of you to read your Bible every day, that if, if, if you're not a person that has ever added that discipline to your life, then you're going to wake up tomorrow, and if you read one verse, then there's going to be a voice saying, you couldn't read more than one verse, right? You should feel so bad. That's the enemy. There's going to be another voice, the Holy Spirit, saying, hey, it's awesome. You read one verse. I can change your life and the entire world with that one verse. Right? Right? Our flesh will make something that's not even a shortcoming a shortcoming. Our flesh or the enemy would love for us to look at even successes and consider them failures. Recognize growth in your life. We have these, these visions, these dreams that the Lord has given us, and so many of us get so wrapped up in the destination that the journey is miserable. And the more miserable the journey becomes, the less likely you are to even get to that place. The journey, if you want to look at it this way, is realistically more of the calling than the point, than the the destination. Once I get from point A to point B, I know myself and I know the Lord. I'm going to have vision for point C. Once I get to that place he's called me to go, I'm going to be on the first step of the next part of the journey. The journey is like 99% of your time down here. Those destination points probably end up being like 1% to 5%. You gotta enjoy the journey and recognize the growth as it's happening. You gotta recognize all the revelations as they're happening, not just the destination points. Proverbs 13, 12 says, hope deferred makes the heart sick, but a dream fulfilled is a tree of life. Why is it important to recognize growth? When God created Adam and Eve in the garden, he put a tree in the garden called the tree of life and they were supposed to eat from it. And as long as they ate from the tree of life, they would never experience death. Do you know they did not get kicked out of the garden because they fell because of sin? They got kicked out of the garden because God said, now that they have sinned, they have a choice to eat from this tree of life and never die, live forever in this sinful state. It was an act of grace to kick Adam and Eve out of the garden. Because God said, I don't want them to be forever in a sinful state, that was a horrible punishment. So he puts an angel with a flaming sword at the gate, and he said, "You can't come back in here because you were meant to eat from this tree of life. If you do it in this fallen state, it'll be misery forever. We were meant to eat from the tree of life. Think of that as you read Proverbs 13:12 again. Hope deferred makes the heart sick, but a dream fulfilled is the tree of life. As a believer, we are meant." to experience the tree of life. We are meant to experience our dreams fulfilled. We don't just have these things in our heart to give us something to think about. No, you have them in your heart because God says, hey, together we can get there. But then it's up to you to choose to operate in joy on every step of the journey, not just hold on to to whatever you can and, and, and white knuckle it until you get to the point. I'll be joyful when I get there. Now, think about raising kids. I already mentioned that. It's coming into context for Lisa and I. We were even cleaning out our kitchen yesterday, and we have 300 cookie sheets. We never made more than one. I'm like, we don't need all these. We should get rid of some of these uh, cookie pans. And Lisa said, well, sooner, than la- sooner rather than later, the kids will be moving out. And they'll need some cookie pans. So we put boxes together yesterday with like kitchen stuff for our kids when they move out. And it's labeled kitchen stuff, for adult kids. Ava's got her name on one box. Judah has his name on another one. That puts some stuff into perspective. I told him about it. And I said, y'all can both live for till you're 100 if you'd like. I'd like for you just to stay forever. But uh, if you ever do move out, we got you covered with the kitchen supplies. When we raise children, imagine, uh, what is our goal? Our goal is that they become adults who love the Lord, who, become, uh, who offer something to society, right? Who are, are, are good people, love the Lord, start families themselves. But imagine if we just held our breath and we were miserable until that happened. No, you got to enjoy every minute. I enjoyed every one of the Christmases when they woke up before the lights came on and ran in held in hands. I enjoyed the Christmas we had to go wake them up ourselves at 9:45 this year. Like enjoy it all. Enjoy the movies on the couch, enjoy the, the 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 baseball games in the afternoon of middle school, the plays at the end of the year in high school. If you didn't enjoy it all, it would just be a miserable When do kids move out now? 18 to 30 years, right? I don't know. They're not moving out, Lisa said. But it's the whole journey that's enjoyable. And when we recognize growth in our life, I'm telling you, it ignites joy. Because maybe you haven't arrived yet. Maybe you're not all the way to point B, but you turn back and you look at what's been going on in your life since you started that journey. And you're like, man, I've seen the Lord's goodness every step of the way. I've had fun every step of the way. That's one thing about Lisa. I love being married to Lisa. She will find fun in everything. I just want to get the jobs done. And Lisa says, the most important thing is we have fun while we're doing it. And I'm like, are you sure? Because I think the most important thing is getting this job done. It's a good balance. But when we recognize growth in our life, we don't just wait until we get to that point. It will activate that joy. It's a good word for a lot of us in here. Enjoy every part of it. I'm going to invite the band to come back up. We're going to close with responding to the word with worship, and then I'm going to have our prayer ministers up. But I want you to remember this. Three R's. Today is New Year's Eve. I want you to take time today to activate joy through all three of these. It's not that hard to do. This is your challenge. Before the clock strikes midnight, this is like Cinderella style, before the... Before the clock strikes 12 tonight, most of you are staying up. How many are going to stay up until midnight? Whoa, how many are going to go to bed before midnight? Put those hands up. Before the clock strikes nine, I got a challenge for you. All right, some of you are still looking at me like, no, no, no. Before the clock strikes 7.30, I got a challenge for you. The three R's that will activate joy that is on the inside of you. Before you go to bed, take some time. And if you live with a family, whether you're on your own or you have a husband, a wife, a boyfriend, a girlfriend, kids, take time before you go to bed and remember the gospel. Remember the good news. Remember who you are in Christ. Out loud, say it. Say, this is what the gospel says. I get to be with Jesus. I'm the head, not the tail. I'm above and not below. I have authority over sickness. I got authority over the enemy. I'm blessed according to God's wealth. Philippians four nineteen. I can do all things through Christ. Remember the gospel. Release joy into God's life and into somebody else's. You've already praised and worshiped today. You can do it again. You've already released joy back to the Lord. Release joy into somebody else's life. Tell them who they are. Encourage them. And then take a second. Recognize the growth that's happened in your life over this past season. Whether it's 2023 or the last month or the last two years, whatever it is. Recognize the growth. Man, I used to think God was angry at me. Now I know he loves me. That's growth. I used to be... Sick every day of the week. Now it's just once a week. I don't know. Recognize growth. I used to be angry. Now I'm set free from anger. Recognize growth. I'm telling you, it might sound simple, but it'll activate joy, and joy of the Lord is your strength. It will, This should be a, There should be uh, uh, the warnings at the end of a drug commercial. It should be like, we should have that. Warning, when you activate joy, you will all of a sudden experience more strength. Your weariness will go away. Your depression will flee. You'll start thinking about how good God is instead of how bad things in your life are. You'll start being nicer to people. That's a big one. Be careful. You'll start being really kind and nice to people when joy begins to activate in your life. You won't be able to help it. Let's all stand together. Let's respond to the word with a few moments of worship. Then I'm going to invite our prayer.